Okay, Boomer. Okay, Boomer. Okay, Boomer. Okay, Boomer. Okay, kid, here are two things you won't have to worry about for a long time. Medicare and gas prices. We'll look at both in a few minutes. Then Kendall Boyson says if you want things to change, change yourself. Regardless of your current state, you can change, infusing more of what you're lacking by changing yourself and or your surroundings. Lexi on the Millennial Minute introduces us to a new word. Word number one is Riz, spelled R-I-Z-Z. And Riz doesn't mean what you think it does, if you think it means something. And in more serious matters, it's the campaign season. Two were great, two were average, and one was a bad president. That was Edward R. Murrow from his series Here It Now, talking about elections a century ago. And we'll find out whether any of them rhyme with what's going on today. Yes, rhyme. Uh, we'll explain. In Medicare news, Counselor Kim Scheffner discusses costs for 2024, and we'll also hear about some complaints from both doctors and patients about Medicare Advantage. Then we'll ask the question, how long do you expect to live? And we'll answer it. Plus, Jill Graskowitz is back from vacation, and I didn't have to bail her out. The mad hippie wants to give me this thing. And oh yes, Bob and Marsha Smith will round out the hour with brain-stimulating teasers on the off-ramp. The news is next. Boomer News, this is Robert Rickman. How much does a gallon of gas cost? Well, the average regular gas price in the U.S. as of November 6th is $3.42 per gallon. That's according to the American Automobile Association. That's lower than last Monday's average price of $3.49 per gallon. After falling for much of the second half of 2022, gas prices this year mostly ticked up beginning in the spring, but have fallen again in recent months. After Hamas attacked Israel on October 7th, oil prices have fluctuated over fears of an escalation in the conflict, but have been easing in recent weeks. Now, compared with peak gas prices in recent years, the current average represents a roughly 32% decline since June 2022, when the average was $5 per gallon. That's according to data from the U.S. Energy Information Administration. So when you compare current costs with prices at this time last year, late October 2022, a gallon of gas is about 38 cents cheaper today. That's from the AAA. Back to the U.S., where the obesity rate is worse than average. In fact, we're in an obesity epidemic. Dr. Stephen Wolf says we may be one of the richest countries in the world, and we certainly outspend every country on health care, but Americans are sicker and die earlier than people in dozens of countries. Now, Dr. Wolf reported that data uh, similar to the OECD report. He went on to say even Americans with healthy behaviors, for example, those who are not obese or do not smoke, appear to have higher disease rates than their peers in other countries, according to Wolf's research published in the American Journal of Public Health. Now let's go to insurance. The Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services on Monday proposed a broader definition of broker compensation that would include all activities associated with enrolling someone in a Medicare Advantage or prescription drug plan. The agency also suggested raising the per-enrollee compensation cap to $632 in 2025, 
what they're saying. Medicare Advantage brokers and agents are supposed to help seniors in this plan. This set of rules is going to make sure they do. That from the National Economic Council Director, Lael Brainerd. He told that to reporters recently. She said some insurers are wooing brokers and agents with lavish perks like cash bonuses and golf trips to incentivize enrollment. Biden officials said the new rules would level the playing field for smaller plans without the marketing resources of industry giants. The National Association of Benefits and Insurance Professionals, a trade group for health insurance agents and brokers, did not respond to a request for comment from Axios, that is a news page. And now let's turn to Medicare cost. How much is Medicare going to cost you next year? Now, if I had to figure it out on my own, it might take hours. So we switched to the local SHIP office. That's the state health insurance program. And SHIP counselor Kim Scheffner is here. And oh yes, for our listeners out of state, everything Kim says applies nationwide. Today I'd like to talk about the 2024 monthly Medicare cost. Um, these costs are whether you have Medicare uh, supplemental insurance or secondary insurance or not. The premium for Part A for most people is generally premium free. That means that you worked 40 credits. Some people have not worked enough credits and they are required to pay a monthly premium. The premium for Part A, if you have 30 to 39 credits, is $278 a month. The Part A premium for people with less than 30 30 quarters is $505 per month. It is required by law that you keep Part A in effect. Um, And if you don't, there will be penalties that can last a lifetime. Uh, Part B premiums. Uh, The monthly premium uh, for 2024 is at $164.90. It is rising to $174.70 for 2024. The annual deductible for 2023 is $226, and that will be rising to $240. Uh, Part B pays for, in general, 80% of the um, cost after you meet your deductible, and the beneficiary normally pays the 20%. Many people have questions or concerns or need to change information regarding their Medicare. They're not sure who to call or contact. Um, There are many, Social Security is one of the main places that you would call to uh, give information or change information. If you need to enroll in Medicare Part A or enroll in Medicare Part B, check your Medicare eligibility or entitlement, make changes to your personal information such as your name or address, report a death, replace your Medicare card, ask about Medicare premiums, apply for extra help, with Medicare prescription drugs, which you can also do with a SHIP counselor, you would contact the Social Security Administration. Their phone number is 1-800-772-1213. If you have questions about your prescription Part D drug plan or Medicare Advantage plan, like an HMO or PPO, or your Medicare Supplement Insurance Plan, also called Medigap, you need to call your plan policy. The phone number and the website are on your membership card or in your plan materials. If you have railroad retirement and you need to check your Medicare eligibility, enroll in Medicare, replace your Medicare card, change your name or address, or report a death, 
you need to contact the Railroad Retirement Board or your local office at 1-877-772-5772. For questions about your Part B medical services and bills through Railroad, you would call 1-800-833-4455. If you need to report changes about your insurance before Medicare pays, if you need to report that other insurance is ending, for example, when you stop working, report that you have new insurance, for example, when you start working. That department at Medicare would be the Benefits Coordination and Recovery Center. That phone number is 1-855-798-2627. Medicare Counselor Kim Scheffner of the Egyptian Area Agency on Aging, located in Southern Illinois. Next time, Kim will talk about the original Medicare Part A insurance And again, the information Kim is giving you applies nationwide. So to find the SHIP counselor in your state, contact your local senior center, regional agency on aging, a library, or your state website. Here in Southern Illinois, you can contact the Egyptian Area Agency on Aging. Okay, Boomer. Okay, kid. Hey, Kendall Boyson is in her kitchen today. The psychic kitchen, I mean. Let's join Kendall as she opens the personality pantry. Hi, Robert. On this show, we are checking the personality pantry, exploring artful combinations and disastrous duos as we concoct the right recipe. Not all optimists should be created equal, just like not all fatalists are wrong. Understanding who you are, what makes you tick, and what you're drawn to in another human is important. A good blend is someone who lifts you up versus tears you down. I think we can all agree on that. Regardless of your current state, you can change, infusing more of what you're lacking by changing yourself and or your surroundings. What traits are you drawn to? What traits do you excuse or immerse yourself in? It's hard to want a sunnier disposition if you continue to encircle yourself within the clouds. I love this idea of recipe. My husband and I had a season of creating ice cream. I say season because for a summer, we were all in. We bought the ice cream maker, researched recipes, brainstormed our future ice cream business, including names and logos, and of course, thoroughly taste tested our product. In fact, friends were curious about how we had room in the freezer for all the ice cream we'd created. Huh? There should be extra? We actually got pretty good, and it's because we found the right base to build off of. All good ice cream recipes start with a base. Then you add the different flavors and elements to that base, but the base is what provides the consistency. What is your personality base? What kind of mood do you experience with consistency? If you're primarily happy and optimistic, then enthusiasm and joy aren't a stretch. But if you're pessimistic and angry, then humor and contentment might be harder to reach. So let's strive for a consistent, positive base on which to build. Deal? Well, Matt and I were discussing personality traits. That's how this whole thing came about. We do our best brainstorming in the car. I don't know if anybody else can 
identify with that, but we call it windshield brainstorming. So it's that point when you're together, you're not really looking at your phones or distracted by other things because you're simply driving. Now you could have the music on or a podcast, but it's really great to take some time and just pick a topic or something that you want to do and just start brainstorming. So we find some of our quality time in the car. So we were talking about this and about the right recipes. And Matt made this statement that fatalism without optimism is pessimism. Hmm. Very interesting. So the right type of recipe, you know, do you have an optimistic person with a pessimistic person? You know, does it take an optimistic person to turn fatalism into optimism? Well, let's dig into each one of those. So fatalism is the belief that all events are predetermined and therefore inevitable. That sounds kind of sad to me, actually. Pragmatic is dealing with things sensibly and realistically in a way that is based on practical rather than theoretical considerations. Pessimism is a tendency to see the worst aspects of things or believe that the worst will happen, a lack of hope or confidence in the future. Optimism, hopefulness and confidence about the future or the successful outcome of something. So imagine having both of those people in a conversation and maybe they're actually a team, a partnership, and they're kind of tug of war trying to find that middle ground. Who wins? I would bet that the optimistic is going to infuse optimism more so than the pessimism is going to infuse being pessimistic. Eh, Just a thought. Stoicism is the endurance of pain or hardship without the display of feelings and without complaint. You know, people that are just, this is this, it is what it is, can't do anything about it, it's part of life, it's, you know, you're supposed to struggle. You know, there is some some good to that. It, it, it gives you a more even keel way of thinking about things. So, you know, others believe they have the power to fix it, right? Where do you lean? What resonated with you? Think about your own partnership or think about your workplace. Think about your coworkers. Think about your friendships. What personality types are you drawn to? You know, what... Do you look at the positive person and you think, gosh, I always want to be around Barb. She's so positive. Or is that annoying to you? You know, some people don't want to infuse happiness in their day. There's the grumbly person that wants to grumble and they want people to grumble with them. So there are people that are looking, I mean, more people than we think, the average is very high, of people that look for like people. You know, misery loves company. Now, maybe the pessimistic person doesn't think they're miserable. This is the way they've always lived their life. Maybe they had that growing up. Maybe someone else in their family, you know, passed that down, that opinion. Woe is me. And they don't want to be around the positive person because it takes them out of their comfy, grumbly blanket. Hmm. Do you look for like people to your personality? Or are you the person that needs, just like I think about that self when I'm singing uh, at church, 
it's nice to sit next to somebody that actually knows how to sing because then it makes me feel like I can sing better, right? I can get my pitch a little closer <laughs> than deadpan. So maybe that's the way with personalities too, that in order to bring you out of your funk, you need to be around more positive people. Hmm, let's think about that. If you want to share Encouragementology with a friend who needs to know they're not alone in this journey of self-discovery, you can visit Encouragementology.com or anywhere you stream your content to receive this episode and all others. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram for additional encouragement throughout the week. So I challenge you, diversify your recipe, inviting in differing opinions and ideas to broaden and challenge your viewpoint. Remove any barriers that are preventing your positive light from shining. I know you can do it. Back to you, Robert, and OK Boomer. Thanks, Kendall. And oh, yes, you have a reminder. If you want to share Encouragementology with a friend who needs to know they're not alone in this journey of self-discovery, you can visit Encouragementology.com or anywhere you stream your content to receive this episode and all others. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram for additional encouragement throughout the week. So I challenge you, invite in a trusted friend or professional to help you evaluate your thoughts. Instead of living with guilt, shame, and overwhelm, push back and be willing to take responsibility where you can and let go of what is no longer serving you. Now, as we reported at the beginning of the program, we're going to learn a new word. It's pronounced Riz and Lexi B talks about it during her Millennial Minute. What's up, Uncle Robert? Are you ready for the Millennial Moment vocabulary lesson so you can be in the know when you hear these words around town or at your home with your kids or grandkids? Word number one is Riz, spelled R-I-Z-Z. You have good looks. You've got some good Riz. The second is brought to you by the letter W. Get the Sesame Street throwback there? <laughs> Simply spelled W. It means good taste in something. You've got some W style. Until next time, Lexi B is signing off. Okay, Boomer. I thought someone would say that. Hey, Jill is back from her vacation, and uh, I didn't have to bail her out. I'm back. Yep, I just got back from vacation, and while it's oh so good to leave, the older I get, the better it is to get home to my own bed. So, I noticed some things had changed for me as I've aged and while I'm, I'm traveling. This trip, in particular, was one with my girlfriends, if you had listened to previous podcasts or radio episodes. So how has my traveling changed? Um, I, every year, two of my girlfriends and I, uh, we grew up together, we went to kindergarten together, all through school, uh, we, we moved away during college, and we've always stayed in touch. We text each other every day, calls, laughs. We share pictures, things about our life, and, um, you know, we just try to stay best friends 
like a younger version of the Golden Girls with, you know, St. Olafy vibes going off for our future and we're planning on our husband's demise um, so we can all live together and be, you know, a house full of happy and kind of cranky old women just living out our boomer days. Um, but travel. So I took two different airlines because, you know, when you're in the car for 10 hours, I, mean, I might get blood clots. And I mean, 10 hours, man, that's a whole day. And now I know why my grandma wanted to stop halfway through when we were younger. And, you know, she would beat on the side of the door with her cane and want to, you know, Six o'clock, my parents would be like, why? Why? We don't, we don't need to stop. We're almost there. Well, that's what we kept telling her. We're almost there. The poor woman, she had to know we were lying. But I knew I couldn't drive. So I took a very popular, um, pricey airline down to my vacation destination. And I was very happy with my flight. I had lots and lots of leg room. I had those fun little Biscoff cookies. You know, if, if you guys are in the know, Biscoff cookie butter is like the in thing right now. So I was very excited to get those. It was very posh. They gave me um, Starbucks coffee because it was an or early morning flight. So here I am eating my cookies, drinking my Starbucks, even though I really don't drink Starbucks because I don't know how to order it. And I also am more frugal and refuse to pay anything over like 50 cents or 75 cents for a cup of coffee. Like free coffee is the best coffee. Um, but I'm thinking, man, yeah, this is great. Everything's going smooth. Uh, I get to Atlanta. I have one layover there. I spend some time there. That was great. I board back on my second flight just a hop, skip, and a jump, and um, I land, and everything is great. However, my ride home, I took an economy airline that is smaller, more regional, so to say, a lot more economical, like hundreds of dollars cheaper on the internet. However, they get you they nickel and dime you. And it adds up. I also didn't have the leg room. I was scrunched in and I was crabby because I was tired and I was ready to come home. I also might have stunk a little bit because I brought some things home with me, uh, you know, and I, yeah, I've been on the beach sweaty. I wanted to spend every moment soaking up that friendship vibe that we had together. So we spent the entire morning of leaving on the beach and we might have been a little stanky, maybe a little rank. So if you sat next to me and you're listening to this, my sincere apologies. But that just shows that you pay for what you get. Lesson learned. Um, I think they also hire pilots that way because 
The flight down was extremely smooth with an extremely smooth landing. However, the flight home, I think they had a newbie. And it's okay. Like, I was cool with that. Um, as long as I don't sit at the window, I'm totally an aisle person. Just don't show me and, and I'll be good. I'm just sitting there watching other people anyways because people fascinate me. So what did I do on my trip that was so different? Now, these girls and I, we have traveled from, oh goodness, probably fourth grade, seventh grade. Uh, we were supposed to go to, to uh, Europe together in high school, but I caught mono and I couldn't go. Um, we've been to Gulf Shores, uh, Florida, Chicago, St. Louis, other, other places together throughout the years. And especially during college, we partied hard. My, my, how things have changed. <laughs> um, the first thing we did was um, we stopped at Walmart because we wanted to buy booze, our wine. There's no $11 a glass for us. No, no, no. We have 401ks to think about now. Retirement plans. Because we're seeing you guys and our parents, you know, start to think like, ooh, I hope I have enough money. We also found out that it is no longer cool to go eat at 6 o'clock. Why are we going to wait for two hours during a rush just standing around? It finally clicked this year. We know why you all go at 4.30. Not only is it like happy hour, things are cheaper, but you just walk right in. I mean, I know we've been making fun of you guys for this, but this is the berries. So... You can also do something that we found out because I'm a bit of a prankster. My girlfriends, they were driving and I was sitting in the back seat and I said, hey, let's play a game with these people because there were a lot of people down here. Lots of people, big restaurant, little bitty parking lot. Everyone was driving around like little ants just circling, you know, a piece of sugar. And I said, let's play a game of are we leaving or not? And they just looked at me like I was crazy, but I said, okay, here comes a car. I saw him circle, put your, your reverse on and let's back out a little bit. And you could see the guy get so excited. He thinks he's getting a front row parking spot. And I go, nope, put it in drive, pull her back in. And they just cackled. And so did I. And then you could see just the utter disgust on the man's face as he drove away. And we are dying laughing. So free entertainment, um, we did it several times. We really got a big kick out of it. <laughs> now, uh, I don't know if that's just kind of being nerdy or part of getting old, but I loved it. The other things that I noticed were uh, shopping. So we didn't really want to go shop. We wanted to sit and enjoy ourselves and talk. There's really nothing we needed we didn't want a shirt. We didn't want a towel. And quite frankly, we didn't want to spend our money on that because we knew the next meal we were going to eat was probably going to cost 50 to 100 bucks. I mean, inflation, guys. And they really get you in the tourist towns. 
Also, I noticed that one of my girlfriends made the comment, jokingly, of, do you know where any clubs are? And I'm thinking, like, what? Like, Club Med? Um, She's like, no, you know, like, dance clubs. And I'm like, I'm like, I can't go out to that. Honey, I didn't bring any makeup. I only brought comfy clothes. I mean, I'm sitting over here in a pair of Birkenstocks with a moo-moo on, no makeup. My hair is just all frizzed out from the sun and the 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 beachy, salty, sun-kissed waves. I can't go anywhere like this. And she's like, no, I'm totally joking. I go to bed at 10 o'clock, just right after the weather's on, I go to sleep. Um, however, I did notice over there that there's a puzzle. Anyone do puzzles? And I'm like, okay, you just went from zero to 60 in less than a minute, and you have to let me reset here because I'm not down for the club, but I don't think I'm quite yet ready for the puzzle territory. But my friend was, so she sat at the table like, uh, you know, she's Blanche. Sat at the table like Blanche, and she did a puzzle while she mouthed over there about wanting to do other things. My other girlfriend and I, we mostly sat and we talked about um, different things that were on our, um, we called it the goss list, the gossip list, the list that we had been working on so we wouldn't forget about the things that we wanted to talk about and cover because we only see each other in the flesh like once a year. So we made it entirely through this goss list, and it was great because it not only included people that we wanted to know what happened to them or have you heard from them or so-and-so had a baby, so-and-so got married, so-and-so has a grandchild, so-and-so got a new job, but it also talked about just random things like games I play with my dog, what kind of skincare are you using now, and why do you have a black eye? Yes, I went with a black eye because I will just let you and the world know, because I'm proud of it, I get Botox. I enjoy a little Botox because it not only helps my appearance a little bit, making me look a little younger, but it also helps with my tension headaches. So I did have it prescribed by a doctor. It just has a few of the beauty perks with it. Um... So uh, I also noticed that the girls started getting coffee before we've always slept in really, really late. And now it's, you know, 7 a.m. and everyone's up and we're walking around and they're like, who wants coffee? I do. But where are we going to get it? They're like, Starbucks, Starbies. I'm like, no, McDonald's, Casey's. And they looked at me like I was crazy because they're from the metropolitan areas. Um, they One lives uh, right outside of um, uh, Racine in Wisconsin. The other lives outside of St. Louis in Missouri. And I live in a very rural area. Um, we have Starbucks, but I have no idea how to read the menu And it sounds like a foreign language when I hear someone order from it. I went in there one time and I didn't know what to get. So I'm like, can I have a soda? And they're like, we don't sell soda here. 
oh, okay, um, a tea? They're like green tea, hot tea, blah, 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 blah. Um, iced tea? No, we don't have that either. I'm sorry. Okay, what do you have? Coffee? Okay, yeah, I don't know what a frappuccino, frappa latte, ganache, three squirts with a tip of foam and some something on the top. I don't know what that is. I know black coffee, three sugars, maybe a little bit of creamer, but probably not because, you know, I'm cheap and I'm not going to buy it. So every morning they uh, got Starbucks and they would bring it back to the room and they would have me try a different one. And uh, I'm still not a Starbucks fan. I don't think I can ever drink cold coffee. You people who do that, there's something wrong with you. I mean, my grandma kept coffee all day long in the coffee pot, but by God, that good-hearted woman would heat that up in the microwave and have it again. Reheat that. Coffee is not meant to go with ice cubes. Uh, We also noticed that we were cleaning up after each other. I mean, these are the same girls who, one of them, I didn't know what color carpet she had all throughout grade school and high school. And the other one shared a bedroom with her sister, and you never knew what went where or where you were supposed to sleep. You just, like, laid on the floor somewhere. Um, So this was very, very new to us, and it was kind of like a game. Someone puts a towel down, and it's like, zoom, picking that up, putting that in the washer. He's washed. And heaven forbid there is a glass in the sink. Bam. Like, one of us was snagging that up and putting that in the dishwasher because we're going to live high on the hog here and not live at home with our heathen family members where they leave everything out for us to clean. We were going to be clean and tidy and nice. And we liked it. We enjoyed it. I highly recommend, while you can, taking a trip somewhere with your closest friends. One, two, three, four. It doesn't matter. Heck, take a trip by yourself somewhere, but life is too short not to take the trip. So just take my advice on this one and do it. Okay, Boomer. Okay, Boomer. Okay, Boomer. Okay, Boomer. Okay, let's get up. It always hurts. And take a walk to the coffee pot and... Hey, hey dude. Hey, hey, hey man. Hey, look, I, I got something for you, man. Check this, check this thing out. That looks awful. Uh, oh, man, I don't know. I, I, I kind of like the thing, man. Yeah, but but look at all the stuff on it, and the color is just disgraceful. I'm uh, thinking about selling it, man. No one's going to buy that. Well, uh, it's a thing, man. It's a pretty cool thing, I think, man. Don't you? Yeah, yeah but there's gum all over it, and, and, and that's not a real diamond. Uh, well, well, here, man, take it off hands. Be honest with you. Nobody wants it. Please take it. You'll never get rid of them, no matter what you do. Oh, you'll never get rid of them, no matter what you do. Hi, I'm Bob Smith. I'm Marcia Smith. The world is dark enough. So we like to keep it fun and light. Join us for 30 minutes of fact-filled fun every week. On the Off-Ramp Trivia Podcast. You'll hear fascinating facts about history, music, discovery, weird animals, and everything in between. Including little-known facts about well-known people. Each week. Right here on the The Off-Ramp. 
Find us wherever you get your podcasts or visit us online at theofframp.show. Are you an aspiring author looking to get your book published? Look no further than Tech Time Publishing Company. At Tech Time, we specialize in bringing the best books to readers everywhere. Our team of experienced editors and designers work closely with authors to bring their stories to life, ensuring every book is of the highest quality. But that's not all. Tech Time also offers a unique service to translate and narrate books and revenue sharing. This means that our talented team of translators and narrators will be compensated with a share of the book sales. So whether you're an author, translator, or narrator, Tech Time is the place to be. Join our community of book lovers and let us help you bring your stories to the world. Visit our website today to learn more. That's techtime.it. Techtime.it. And if you're looking for a first-class Italian translator, check out Laura Squigna. It's spelled S-G-U-I-G-N-A. Laura Squigna, and you can find her on the Tech Time website under translators. Mark Twain allegedly said that history doesn't repeat itself, but does rhyme. And some of it rhymes with what is happening now. Keep this in mind. You're the one who decides what rhymes. The immortal news reporter Edward R. Murrow examines presidents who served in the early 20th century. I, Warren Hardy. I, Calvin Coolidge. I, Herbert Clark Hoover. I, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, do solemnly swear that I will face... Five men sat in the White House between 1919 and 1933. Two were great, two were average, and one was a bad president. And the greatest of these was the most hated. The fact that he was also for a time the most beloved man on earth made the tragedy of Thomas Woodrow Wilson even greater. The world must be made safe for democracy. When Wilson went to Europe the first time, the world's heartbeat was with him. In France, they lighted candles in his honor. He was cheered as no conqueror ever was. In Rome, his picture hung in almost every home. His was a glory far exceeding Caesar's. In England, his path from the Channel Coast to Charing Cross Station was strewn with flowers. This, indeed, was a man of peace. But less than a year later, the man of peace was a mere man of politics. He had made two trips to Europe and spent six months at that green baize table with Clemenceau, Orlando, and Lloyd George. He had laid his 14 points containing his league before them, and to keep his dream alive had been forced to compromise and conciliate barter and bargain to such an extent that the product he brought home for approval was already suffering from the anemia, which was the old world's chronic disease. Gentlemen of the Senate, the Treaty of Peace with Germany was signed at Versailles on the 28th of June. <coughs> I avail myself of the earliest possible opportunity to lay the treaty before you for ratification. My brothers, the stage is set. The destiny disclosed. We cannot turn back. America shall in truth show the way. 
He had been back less than 30 days when he realized that he was losing his battle, that his moment was slipping away from him. Although a majority of the American voters and most newspapers favored the league, Senator Henry Cabot Lodge had marshaled sufficient forces of jingoism to kill it. So, for the first time in a non-election year, an American president boarded a train and took his fight to the people. I have not come here to debate this treaty. It speaks for itself, if you will let it. I am going to expound it, to urge you here in Columbus to assert the spirit of the American people in support of it. Do not let men pull it down. And the opposition followed him across the country. Senator William Bora in Chicago. It took George Washington seven years to gain independence from George III. And now, my friends, they want to give it back to George V. The president made as many as five and six speeches a day. But he was smiling less now. I can predict with absolute certainty that within another generation there will be another world war if the nations of the world do not concert this method by which to prevent it. The crowd roared, impeach Wilson, as Hiram Johnson shouted, he is asking us to hand American destiny over to the secret councils of Europe. It is the duty of the senators of this nation to keep America American. Wilson was picking up momentum. He had whipped Johnson in his own California. In Salt Lake City, his ovation was thunderous. On September 25th, he made his 40th speech in 22 days. It was his best one, and it was his last. Edward R. Murrow from his series Hear It Now. So did any of what you just heard rhyme with what is happening today? The decision is yours. Now the music you're hearing is from the ballet Appalachian Spring written by American composer Aaron Copeland. CBS reports hosted by Edward R. Murrow in the early 60s used part of Copeland's ballet called Simple Gifts as its opening theme. Up next, Bob and Marsha Smith coming down the off-ramp. Okay, here we are, Robert P. Rickman, Bob and Marsha Smith, with some fun trivia for you today. So, okay, Bob, what famous place will you find if you traveled second to the right, then straight on till morning? Second to the right and straight on till morning. Where are you? That sounds like something out of an outer space movie or something. No. Second to the right and straight on till morning. Uh Uh-huh. Where do you wind up? You got me. If you're Peter Pan, that's where you get Never Never Land. That's where it's located. (laughs) 
Peter Pan. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah, and I forgot it too. It's funny how you forget that. Yeah, that's the directions to get to Never Never Land. And that was the work of... Uh, James Matthew Barry. Yes. About the little boy who refused to grow up. Scottish <laughs> author. Yeah, famous. Okay, well, that's great. All right, so now let's go to my question. Which is even greater, I'm It sure. is not even greater. <laughs> In 1910, a test tube tipped over in a lab. How did that ensure you of a safer crash in an auto accident? Well, somehow that led to uh, airbags. Did it release a force of some kind that the person who did it thought we could put that uh, inside of a balloon and it would eject upon impact? The test tube was tipped over in a laboratory accident and it didn't break into pieces. It just cracked. And the reason was the tube had a film left inside of it from evaporation of a nitrocellulose mixture that held the tube together, and that led to safety glass. Oh, safety glass. Yes. So it was French chemist Edouard Benedictus. He patented the idea in 1910, and in 1926, American Armory Haskell obtained the rights to the patent and started the Triplex Safety Glass Company of North America. And the first safety glass windshields, they were first installed as standard equipment on high-priced Stutz Bearcat motor cars. Oh. It was considered a luxury oh, item. Oh, you bet. Everything is in the beginning. Remember, only luxury cars had uh, airbags. And electric windows. Yeah. Remember now that? everybody Now everybody's got the beeping and the maps and... When are they going to run out of ideas what the luxury cars will have that you don't? I who don't knows? Know. Who knows? Who knows? Okay, you ready? Yeah. This is one you'll like. Okay. According to Guinness Book of World Records, Bob, who is the world's loudest musical band? I thought it was the Who. Am I right? Yeah. Oh, was it? Oh, good. How'd you know that? Well, it was either the Who or Led Zeppelin. Now, well, at least in... Uh, the 1970s, the, the Who, the rock band, blew out eardrums with a concert that reached 126 decibels and 76,000 watts. And I guess uh, karma. So who has a tinnitus? Oh, what's his name? Is Pete Townsend. Pete Townsend, yeah, yeah. He's got that ringing in the ears, yeah, and it, it comes from all that. 126 decibels, and that's a decibel threshold that is equivalent to a jet engine taking off. Jeez, what was it again? So, uh, 126 decibels. Wow. Deep Purple had sound that reached 117 decibels before then, and three members of the audience fell unconscious. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah, they were closer, apparently, to the stage than uh, some that's, others. That's interesting. Yes, well, yeah, how loud is enough? How loud is too loud? Yeah, well, that, obviously. Okay, I have another transportation question for you. Okay. How did the man who invented cash register motors help you start your car this morning? How did a fellow who invented cash... Cash register motors. Now, this is back in the time when cash registers were electromechanical, not electronic. So everything had a motor in it. Everything uh -huh. had movement. So obviously some mechanism in the cash register is now inside your car. Charles F. Kettering, who invented the electric motors used in cash registers, also invented the electric self-starting motors used in cars. Before that, cars had to be hand-cranked to get the motor to turn over. Those cranks could be very dangerous. Okay. And the inspiration for that was the death of a friend of one of the big automakers. Cadillac's boss, Henry Leland, had uh, lost a good friend who was killed while trying to crank an auto engine. So he gave Kettering a contract to supply 4,000 self-starters to Cadillac. And Cadillac had the first, okay. again, like you said, uh, all of these features started out in very, very High primo cars. cars. Yeah. And the uh, 
The first self-starting engine was a Cadillac, and Charles F. Kettering, his company was uh, called the Dayton Engineering Laboratories, known as Delco. We know that yeah, name now. Yeah. And then he eventually became head of, uh, of one of the major automakers, Charles Kettering. Okay. All right, Bob. There was a guy named Elias, and he was a carpenter and a furniture maker, and he helped build the famous White City of Chicago's World Fair. Mm-hmm. This is my last World's Fair Chicago question. I finished <laughs> the book, and I've moved on. <laughs> that was in 1893. Anyway, Elias was just tickled with the the whole process and the magicalness of the whole event and how it looked and his part in it, and he talked about it for years. Okay, so Bob, who was Elias? Elias. Elias Disney. Walt Disney. Walt wasn't there. This is his dad. His dad? Yes. His dad helped build the World's Fair in Chicago in 1893? he wasn't even born when he was building, but he never stopped talking about and talking to his family about it and telling stories about it. And his youngest son, Walt, was born afterwards, and one can't uh, but wonder if... uh, Disney World and Disneyland might have been inspired in some way from his father? Yeah. I had never thought of that. Yeah, especially the Magic Kingdom, right? And um, that's how his dad would talk about this place. We use the name Elias, and and you only hear about that every once in a while. And I knew that was Walt Disney's middle name. So that was his dad's name. Yeah, I didn't know that was his middle name. So you guessed that right. Jeez. Okay. Good for you, Bob. All right, Marcia. That's what I meant to say. Speaking of movies, these days we associate the word blockbuster with a big Hollywood film, usually released in the summer, right? Uh Uh-huh. Something that dominates the box office. But what did blockbuster originally mean? Well, uh, was it a lumberjack and he was the first one to break the wood uh, down the middle? No, it's more recent than that. It's a World War II term. Okay. I don't know. Oh, okay. (laughs) You're pausing like I'm going to erupt with the answer. I'm sorry, dear, but no. Blockbuster is a World War II term dating back to 1942. A blockbuster was an 8,000-pound bomb big enough to destroy a city block. And the early post-war years, that term migrated to boxing. When he became heavyweight champion in 1952, Rocky Marciano was known as the Brockton Blockbuster. (laughs) Oh, okay. Okay. And then eventually the term migrated to the movies. So that's where it came from. It came from World War II and a bomb, a huge bomb, the Blockbuster. I had never heard of that. I just thought Blockbuster, it was a block of movies or a block of entertainment or a scheduling block or something. Yeah, what Blockbusters, uh, of course. I never thought of that. Yeah. That's it for the off-ramp. Bob and Marcia Smith, we just want to remind everyone, if they'd like to join us on the web, they can come to our site at theofframp.show. Now back to Robert P. Rickman with more on OK Boomer. Memory loss is normal as we age, but knowing the early signs of dementia can help determine if it may be something more serious. More persistent memory loss is often one of the first signs of dementia. People may have trouble joining in or following conversations, or they might struggle to think of words or the name of objects. Visual and spatial problems like getting lost while driving are common signs. Veterans and active service members can get a variety of freebies and deals for Veterans Day on November 11th. Denny's will give out a free Grand Slam breakfast until noon. Great Clips is offering a free haircut or a coupon for a free cut to use later. IKEA is offering 15% off in-store purchases up to $3,000 and a free entree at its restaurant. A new COVID-19 variant has become the dominant strain in the U.S. 
HV1, as it's known, accounts for about a quarter of infections, according to data from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. But it hasn't caused a spike in COVID-19 cases or hospitalization rates. Current vaccines and treatments are still effective against severe infections, health experts say. Adding omega-3 fatty acids to your diet can support healthy aging by reducing inflammation, lowering stroke risk, and preventing hearing loss, studies have found. Canned sardines are a good source of the nutrient and can be eaten right out of the tin. Salmon is rich in omega-3s and many other helpful nutrients. Flaxseed can be thrown into smoothies, salads, and other recipes. That's your AARP Minute. Cup of tea with Carrie. And a cup of joe with Robert. A new survey on the sleep habits of Americans find that a small percentage of us like to sleep in the nude. 8% of respondents to a national sleep survey commissioned by the home furnishings retailer Anna's Linens admit hitting the sack without PJs. And 74% of respondents wear pajamas to bed. The same percentage of Americans sleep on their sides, 16% sleep on their stomachs and 10% on their backs. Additional findings, 47% share a bed with someone who snores. Just 10% of respondents said they were able to recall nearly all their dreams in the morning. 65% say they get a restful night's sleep, only three nights or less per week. I think you're one of them. Uh, 10% say they get a restful night's sleep every night, while 25% say they sleep restfully five to six nights per week. The survey finds that Friday night provides the most restful sleep. Hmm. Followed closely by Saturday, the night that provides the least restful night is Sunday, followed by Monday. The nationwide survey involved more than 37 million individuals. Wait a minute. Too many zeros. 3,700 individuals. <laughs> On November 18th, a female wearing a bandana over her mouth, sunglasses, and sweats walked into the in-place hotel in Naples and threatened an employee by indicating she had a gun in her pocket. After telling the employee to empty the register and lay down on the floor, the robber took the money and fled into a waiting getaway car. Cops, however, say just as the victim was calling 911, another call came in and the apparently inadvertent ring revealed two women discussing the robbery. Cops were able to arrest Nicalia Wright for the crime and later her sister, Ashley Alwine, for allegedly driving the getaway car. Have that with your cup of joe. And your cup of tea. I'm Robert Rickman. And I'm Carrie Boylan. And that wraps it up. Thanks to Kendall Boyce and Becky Salazar and Kim Scheffner, Jill Graskwitz, Bob and Marcia Smith, Lexi B., and Janice Paul. OK Boomer is produced in the studios of WDBX Radio in Carbondale, Illinois, and is also broadcast on WRFN Radio in Nashville, Tennessee. You can find OK Boomer with Robert wherever you download your podcasts. Also, you can find OK Boomer on Facebook and check us out on robertrickman.net, robertrickman.net. And I'm Robert Rickman, reminding you, we all have choices.